Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Ladies Who League. I'm suffering from a bit of exhaustion this morning following plenty of NRL action, AFL action, and of course the Olympics. I want to introduce you to my panel this morning before we get into talking about all the biggest issues in this week's sport. I've got Alison Zell from the GWS Giants this morning. Good morning, Alison. Good morning. How are you going? I'm very well. How are you going? <laughs> Good, thank you. Thank you for coming in and joining me. I know the GWS Giants have a really big game this afternoon. Yeah, it'll be a big one. So a long day, but definitely worth it. Well, I thought we'd start off with the Olympics because there's been obviously a lot of media coverage about it. But one thing that's been focused on this week is sexist, well, they've been calling them sexist comments in the media. So one of the first examples was NBC sportscaster Dan Hicks. Um, so he credited Hungarian swimmer Katinka Hozu's husband and coach after her world record breaking win in the 400 meter individual medley. So she'd won the race and then the camera panned to her coach and her husband and the commentator said, there's the man responsible. And a lot of people have been calling that sexist. Now I can see, I can see how crediting a man for a woman's performance might be seen like that, but my sort of view is that he's her coach. There's been a lot of focus yeah. on him being her husband, but he's actually her coach. Yeah. I'm not sure we'd be having this discussion if they'd pan to someone who didn't happen to both be her coach and her husband. If it was just her coach and you go, that's the man responsible, it's, n- it's not that big of a deal. And it's, you know, it's not that uncommon. You'd often credit in the NRL or the AFL the coach for the players that were on field. And they do, they play a massive part in it. Absolutely. So when I read the comment, I thought, oh my goodness, they've panned to her husband and credited him for her success. But then I read that he's actually her coach. So yeah. for me, maybe the man responsible isn't the right word. But when you're in commentary, like words come out. You know, yeah, even when absolutely. I'm podcasting, I make mistakes. <laughs> Everyone does. And I think they did, the broadcaster went back and, and clarified and said, you know, I don't know her full backstory, but that, you know, there'd obviously been a turnaround in her form and she's obviously hit these heights now. And yeah, part of it may be due to the changing coach and he does just happen to be also her husband. Absolutely. And if I were, I'd like to think if I were an elite player or an elite athlete that the coach would be able to claim some credit for my success because we all know how important coaching is in getting an athlete to, you know, to perform their best. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and there have been a couple more. So I think the other one that was really interesting was in relation to Katie Ledecky. So there was a lot of commentary about her because she has swum outstandingly this week. And people have said, oh, Katie Ledecky swims like Michael Phelps and comparing her to a male athlete. Yeah. Um, again, this is also something that happens in the I know in the NRL, so if we've got a young superstar, he's often said to be the next Greg Inglis. Yeah. So I don't think, again, I don't think this is a man-woman no. issue. It's just a sport and a commentary yeah, issue. Yeah, and I mean the reality is that Michael Phelps is the best swimmer we've probably ever seen. So if she's been compared to Michael Phelps, I don't think she'd have an issue with that in any way. No, I completely agree. I think if commentators want to get it right, they just need to recognise that each athlete is an individual and yeah. that they're, the, they're not the next someone, they're the first version of themselves. So there was a great um, gymnast, Simone Biles, who came out and she's from the United States and said, I'm not the next Usain Bolt or Michael Phelps, I'm the first Simone Biles. Yeah, I love that quote. And I think she came into this 
Olympics with a lot of pressure on her, particularly from back at home, mm. but she's lived up to all the hype and she's been just as outstanding as everyone has said she was going to be. And she's only 19. So to have all of that pressure on her and to be performing like she is at the Olympics is a really impressive effort. Not only impressive on, well, I was going to say on the field, but that's not quite right, on, on the, the mat, mat. <laughs> but off the mat as well. Alison, we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk about NRL. Alison, I made a comment last week on the show that it's always easier to come in and do Ladies Who League after the Parramatta Reels win. Unfortunately, the Parramatta Reels lost last <laughs> night, so it's not as easy to come in this morning. Before we get into the NRL action, though, I just wanted to make a comment on an article that came out this week. Uh, so less than a month after the government sacked the Parramatta Reels board, Steve Sharp decided that it would be a good idea to come out into the media this week and say that he won't apologise for the salary cap scandal that has basically destroyed my club. Uh, that didn't surprise me, to be honest, because this is a board that has consistently shown that they don't want to take responsibility for what's happened. So thank you for your contribution, Steve. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Let's get into the... <laughs> just needed to say that, Alison, needed yep, to get yep. it off my chest. I feel a lot better now. We can just go straight into the action. So last night, the Broncos finally back on track after a disappointing last couple of weeks, defeating my Eels 36-18. to 18. Uh, Corey Oates was outstanding. He got a hat trick. And Anthony Milford, who has also been in disappointing form this week, really turned the game on its head. So he made a 50-metre break just before halftime and got Corey Oates, you know, over the line and then scored a second-half solo try, which was just spectacular to watch. Did yeah. you see? I watched, the, I watched, flicked between the AFL and NRL, but did watch the second half of the NRL, which is probably not the half that you would have liked. So that was <laughs> that was where the Broncos really ran away with the game. But I guess they did need to perform, especially in front of a home crowd and especially after the last few weeks being in, in some disappointing form for both individual players but also the, the team as a whole. Well, Alison, I've got to say, being an Eels fan, it's been hard, but the Broncos did need to get back on track mm. last night and Anthony Milford is one of my favourite players in the NRL and it's been really difficult to watch him over the last couple of weeks being in such disappointing form. So while I'm disappointed that my team lost, um, I'm very happy for the Broncos that they're getting back on track and hopefully this means that they're getting back on track at the right end of the season yeah. and we'll push towards the finals. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess for, for Parramatta to still be performing the way they are on field, considering all the off-field issues, is impressive enough within itself. And we obviously know that winning games isn't going to help them make finals mm. or anything this year, but... At least they're putting in those performances week in, week out, and it's all building towards 2017 now. Absolutely. I like you, Alison. 2017, <laughs> <laughs> looking good for the Eels. Um, another game that we had was Thursday night. So that was an absolute thriller. The Bulldogs just got home against the Sea Eagles in Golden Point. So, Alison, I don't know whether you saw any of Golden Point, but it was quite incredible. There were eight minutes and 41 seconds of extra time, a disallowed try, six field goals, and plenty of scrappy play. But Josh Reynolds was the hero and he's one of my favourite Canterbury Bulldogs players. I do love the I love the theatre and the drama of Golden mm -hmm. Point. You often see in AFL, um, and we've had it in a grand final before, but you see in AFL and it's a draw at the end and no one really knows what to do or what to feel mm. or, you know, how to deal with it. So I know that still happen, can happen if, you know, extra time expires. But, you know, it's just the whole – the drama and, you know, you see – field goal attempt after field goal attempt. And sometimes I sit here and go, well, don't you train for that? That's like, I think, like, shouldn't they be better yeah, at yeah. getting field goals? But I goals? think that, that then comes into you've obviously got the referees letting the game go, so you're getting players encroaching on the 10 metres. But 
you know, at the same time, you don't want the referees to be making, you know, an offside call and that determines the result of the game. So it, it does become much more heightened. There's so much more action. You know, you, it's it's just the theatre of it. So, yeah, we, you know, it's it's a good thing, I think. No, well, I I really enjoy Golden Point. Um, not usually when my team's in it, yeah, but it's yeah. it's always very exciting. It was good for me to see Josh Reynolds be the hero because a couple – it wouldn't be fair to call him the villain, but he chipped and he chased and he regathered and he scored. That try was denied on review because it looked like he'd pushed Daly Cherry Evans out of the way, but then it was Josh Reynolds who scored the match-winning points off a Sam Parrott kick. Um, the Bulldogs are an interesting team because they're sitting, you know, towards the top of the table, top yeah. four, top five. They haven't been outstanding throughout the year, but they've been getting the wins when they need them to. And their pack was monstrous, particularly Sam Cassiano and Tony Williams. And their defence was pretty outstanding as well. They only had 43% of the ball in the first half, um, but they but they still managed to hold on. So yeah. they're also, I think, looking good heading towards the finals. Yeah, absolutely. And I think with reduced interchanges, being able to perform like that with more minutes on the park is a particularly impressive thing when you're adapting to those rule changes and being able to actually succeed off the back of them. No, absolutely. And we've got a couple of really exciting games happening for the remainder of the weekend. I think the biggest game is going to be on Monday between the Raiders and the Storm. I'm really looking forward to that one. We'll take a break and come back because I want to talk about the Olympics. Tickets are now on sale for the Rugby League Experience Annual Legends of League Grand Final Cruise. Spend the afternoon cruising Sydney Harbour with great food and drink whilst being entertained by rugby league legends Tommy Radonigas, Michael Crocker and Mark Spud Carroll. In Sydney for the grand final? Why not join in the fun? For more information or to book, call us on 1300 885 718 or email therugbyleagueexperience.com.au. So I've definitely had a new motto over the last couple of days and it's certainly been eat, sleep, Rio, repeat. That's all I've been doing <laughs> over the last couple of days. But it's been fantastic and there have been some outstanding performances this week from some of our Aussie athletes and some outstanding performances from athletes from all across the world. I thought we'd touch on some of the medals that we've won this week. So Jess Fox won bronze in the canoe slalom yesterday and I know a lot of us expected her to win gold but – um, it was still outstanding to see her win bronze and, and she was penalised on gate 22. I think Jess will forever remember gate 22. Yeah, but yeah. um, she's still so young and she's already won a bronze and a silver medal. So as we work to Tokyo in 2020. Yeah, she's maybe. got another event this this week in the next couple of days as well. Yeah. So she's got, another, she's got another chance, but she she's going to be there for the next four years or eight years or however long. To, to have another crack at it as well. Absolutely. So that was very exciting. I think in the pool, Carl Chalmers stole the nation's heart when he won gold in the men's 100-metre freestyle. He was outstanding. Yeah, it was an incredible moment. You know, Cam McAvoy comes in with all this expectation and pressure and then Carl Chalmers comes through and, and takes the win and we saw his grandparents know, and we saw that. his school <laughs> go nuts and it's just such a great story and he he's 18. Like he's so young, he should be in year 12 at the moment. But I think not only his win but Cam McAvoy straight afterwards and, you know, he was interviewed about how disappointing it was for him and obviously would have been but he immediately turned it straight back onto Kyle and said, how good is it for, you know, how good is this kid and how good is it for him? And that's such great sportsmanship when, you know, they're, they'd obviously be close, they'd train together, they'd know each other really well. But, you know, this is, could have been one of the most disappointing elements or, or times of his life. And 
He's turning it back onto someone else, which is, yeah, a great thing to see. I think Cam McAvoy has probably been one of my favourite swimmers just because of the sportsmanship that he's shown. He's had, I would say, a disappointing game for himself personally, but as you said, after Kyle swam, he had nothing but praise for Kyle. I think the media tried to ask him how he was feeling because there's been a lot of talk about Cam not feeling up to his best. And he said, oh, look, it's not about that. Kyle swam outstandingly. I'm at the best I can be today. And sometimes that's swimming. Like when you need to race, you need to race. I've been so impressed with him. Yeah, and you love that side of sport. Like it's just... Yeah, it's it's one of the, the best parts and one of the best things we get to see. Absolutely. Another favourite moment of mine in the pool has definitely been Emma McEwen, who won her second medal at Rio and finished third in the 200-metre freestyle after a brilliant swim. So there was not much talk about Emma going into mm. this race because everyone was focused on Katie Ledecky and Sarah Sostrom, but um, she was phenomenal and it was just such a joy to see her win bronze. Yeah, yeah, and they're the ones that you love. You love to see those people that – you know, there could be all this expectation on a swimmer to win gold or to perform or whatever, but those surprise packets that come through and take what might be a minor medal to some is, you know, the pinnacle for them. Mm. So it's great to see. So that was good. And my favourite moment so far in terms of medals has definitely been our Rugby Sevens women's team who defeated New 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 South Wales, far out, who (laughs) defeated New Zealand 24-17 in the final this week. It was outstanding. It was such a special moment for those women. They've been working towards this for four years and they also had a lot of expectation going into the final and nailed it basically. absolutely. And I think, I mean, just judging by the reaction on Twitter, by the amount of people standing around and watching the TV, it wasn't just rugby fans or Australian fans watching that. It was people who wanted to see how these girls went and what they did and I think everyone probably had a much greater appreciation for how quick they are and how tough they mm-hmm. are and what it takes to actually win a gold medal in that sport. And I read a tweet from a sports journalist, Jess Halloran, who works for the Sunday Telly. She's and, phenomenal. Yeah, and she said her her daughter wanted to go to the park so that she could be like the Aussie Rugby mm-hmm. Sevens team. And that's what you want. You want, you know, these little kids growing up watching and whether they're male or female, yeah. they get to they can see that they, they can go to an Olympic Games in whatever sport they want. Exactly, and... It was very exciting this week to see the recognition that those women are getting and the ARU came out and announced a sevens competition for universities that I think is going to kick off next year. So we're already beginning to see, you know, what's happening as a result of those girls winning the gold medal. Yeah, it's just more and more opportunities in getting people into sports where now the pinnacle isn't just to be, you know, to win for your country or to, you know, to be part of a – Uh, world championships or something is to go to the Olympics. Absolutely. I think another great moment came on day two with Catherine Skinner who won gold in the women's trap event. So that was our our third gold medal. She hit 12 out of 15 targets in the gold medal contest and beat out Kiwi rival Nat Rooney who shot 11 for silver. Yeah, she had, I mean, she had a sudden death shoot off just to get to the final. Yeah. So she was, you know, she was on a knife's edge and you know, I think one of the great things was, and we we have seen it in a lot of sports this week for the Olympics, is she said that mentally she'd failed in that situation before, but this time she kept her cool, she kept calm, and yeah, I don't think anyone ever expected her to win gold, and I don't even think she right. might have expected to, but she did, and she's, you know, she's number one now. She is, and for me, shooting would be such a 
you really have to have your head in the game for yeah, shooting. Yeah, and you're, you know, holding your arms up, I'd be trembling. Yeah, and particularly this one. Um, so this was clay shooting. So there was a lot of times where the target didn't come out, mm-hmm. and so she's you know ready to go. She's waiting for that. Like it's all about reaction times, and she's waiting for it. And there was that many false starts that she then had to reset herself and mm-hmm. do it again, and she she got through it all. Amazing. Hopefully we see plenty more gold medals this week. But the Olympics is not just about medals. It's also about other special moments. Alison, have you had any favourites this week? Because I've had a lot. Yeah, I was trying to have a think about it and I have, yeah, there's so many. And I think it all comes back to probably the humanity of the games. Mm -hmm. And when you can see, you see Novak Djokovic walk off the court after losing in round one. And, you know, he's achieved pretty much all there is to achieve in tennis, but he hasn't achieved an Olympic gold medal, and he walked off. He walked off the court in tears. Mm. And seeing someone who has achieved so much so upset, you can see how much it means to them. And I think that's you know, it's not a, a great moment for him, but it's great to see how important it is. And you've got, as we spoke about, Carl Chalmers' school and how excited they were, and his grandparents. And one of my favorite swimming moments was a US swimmer, Cody Miller, mm-hmm. and he won bronze, and he just celebrated like he'd won <laughs> his 21st gold medal like he he went nuts and it was a, like it was amazing to see like that's mm. how much it means to him and you know you see all the other, these other people disappointed to get a, a silver or a bronze and he got a bronze and it was just the, the best thing, thing of the world ever. yeah I love those things I think another moment that I absolutely loved and this is a medal moment as well but for the for the Fiji and rugby sevens team yeah. to have won gold yesterday so Fiji has been part of the Olympics since 1956 and that is their first ever medal. Yeah, in any sport. And imagine, I mean, imagine if we'd had rugby sevens in there since then. Imagine how many gold medals they would have won it, obviously being the, the national sport there. Mm, but um, the emotion and the singing and, and I cry watching that footage just because you can see how much it means to not only the players but also to the country itself. Yeah. And, and as we said, we, they came in with a lot of expectation, but mm. they more than lived up to it. They nailed it. I've also been loving the basketball this week. So I'll mention the Boomers who lost to America 98-88 earlier in the week. Um, but we're really in it. I mean, yeah. America is the dream team. And I know how hard the Australian Boomers have been working towards beating the Americans. We looked close for yeah. most of the game. It sort of only really got away from us in the last quarter. So I think that's going to be really exciting as we yeah. head towards the medals. I think my favourite part of that was Andrew Bogut who came out and said, well, you know, everyone says, you know, it was a great effort and we got close to them. But for him, it wasn't good enough. No, he was disappointed. Because they didn't win the game. Yeah, because they didn't win the game. Because they, you know, and there's been a lot of talk of before they came into this with them going, yeah, we're more than capable of doing it. But they, they have, they've lived up to it. And I guess if you can put on performances like that, then you can talk as high as you want. Absolutely. And if anything, I'd rather them lose to the US now mm, yeah we know that we can come extremely close and hopefully we can yeah. beat them when it comes to Absolutely. the medal time and you look at this team and they've they've got nba stars mm-hmm. everywhere and so it's, it's great to see and you know you see um patty mills and matthew delavadova and you know and i remember andrew gay said that delhi could you know who's just signed this massive contract he could be paid unders based on his performances at the olympics mm-hmm. and so you can see how much it means to them to represent australia which is great to see and you've got dante exum's going to come into that team and mm-hmm. ben simmons is going to come into that team it's so very exciting yeah for they basketball. are a young team so to see whether they can go where they can go this olympics and then also in the next few years is going to be really exciting And while we're on basketball, I have to mention the Opals as well. So the Opals played Japan yesterday and they were 
they were behind for most of the game, but then outscored Japan 32-15 in the final quarter to defeat them 92-86. Liz Cambage was an absolute boss yeah, in this game. She was, she was insane. And as someone who's not ever been gifted in the height department I'm just so <laughs> jealous at how tall she is and but she's she's not just tall you know no. she's supremely skilled and she moves well and she yeah she just she did she dominated so I've got some great stats so 18 of her 37 points came in that final quarter and she individually outscored Japan who only scored 15 points in that final quarter um, and that performance in offense ranks as as the, as the third highest score by a woman at an Olympics and the most points scored in 28 years. She was boss. Yeah, it's insane. Um, it's so insane. the Opals are looking really good and the Matildas are also on a little bit later today. So they have a game against Brazil. The US have been knocked out. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that, Alison. Yeah, that was a hit on penalties too. Yes. Yeah. And there was some interesting commentary. Unfortunately, I didn't see that game, but one of, I think it was the American goalkeeper came out and said that the Swedish didn't play with any courage. So I'm really interested to go back yeah. and see what's happened there because this is a massive surprise for the US because many were expecting them to win the gold medal. Yeah, and I mean that you always have those comments right after someone's just been knocked out, especially when it's in penalties. So it's such a high pressure situation. But at the end of the day, if you win the game, you deserve to win the game. Absolutely. So come on the Matildas. Hopefully they get home today. And the other sports to keep an eye out on this week will be the athletics, which is now starting up. We've obviously still got football and we've got basketball as well. And the track cycling as well. Yes, I can't wait for that. Yeah, and like Australia have traditionally done really well in there. So they obviously, the the team had a really big crush last week. Mm. So it'll be really interesting to see how they can possibly get up, but no doubt there'll be some great stuff on the track this week as well. Absolutely. And everyone, Carmen Martin as well, should be competing in Taekwondo this week. I will tweet you all and let you know when that is <laughs> happening, but make sure to tune into that as well. Alison, we'll take a quick break and then come back and talk AFL. With three rounds left in the AFL regular season, the GWS Giants head into their game this afternoon against the West Coast Eagles in fourth spot. Alison, can you tell us about how the Giants are lining up for this clash? I know we've got a couple of returns this week. Yeah, so it's an interesting one. The Giants actually have a really small injury list at the moment, touch wood. So this is probably the first time all year there was a few sort of niggles and players out for a little bit throughout the middle part of the year, but they've pretty much got any, you know, about 39 players mm-hmm. To choose from, which is actually really remarkable. So Dylan Shield comes back into the side. He missed last week's game with some groin soreness. So nothing too major, but great that it's only been one week. Mm-hmm. And then we also get back the double the double Kennedys. So these so Adam Kennedy and Matt Kennedy, who haven't actually played in a team together. Mm-hmm. So just to confuse everyone, and there'll also be Josh Kennedy from the West Coast <laughs> Eagles on field this afternoon. So it'll almost be like K one, K two, K three. Yeah, good luck to the commentators with that one. Um, but so they, they come back into the side. So Adam Kennedy and Matt Kennedy both starred for the WSU Giants up, um, at Metricon Stadium against the Suns in the Neefle last week. Mm-hmm. So I was at that game and they really were. They both really deserved their spots back in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it's also that element of if you're playing well, these guys are going to get rewarded for good form. So, you know, Adam Kennedy's been great off the halfback for this year. He, um, got injured in round 10 went back to Neeful, sort of been in and out since. And Matt Kennedy's only really young. So he's um, playing his third game this afternoon, mm-hmm. but he's a bull. He will go as hard as anyone you've seen. He's strong in the air 
And yeah, he, it'll be great to see how he goes against a really top team this afternoon. Well, Alison, they are a top team. What do you yeah. think the Giants need to do this afternoon to win? It's going to be interesting. So the Giants, um, West Coast Eagles haven't played at Spotless Stadium since 2013. Mm-hmm. So we're into our third year. Um, Giants have never got close to West Coast Eagles. There's an average losing margin of 95. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, the Giants are a very different side. Absolutely. There are a couple been. of records like that this year and the Giants yeah. seem to have jumped a lot of the hurdles. Yeah, absolutely. So last year was quite a big loss, but probably, and I think it was the biggest loss of the season and it was a really disappointing effort last year against the West Coast Eagles, but a lot has changed. So it's actually one of those games where it's hard to get a read on the form line. Mm-hmm. The Giants had a really tough win against the Suns last week, but they have won the last four in a row. And then the Eagles are notoriously known for not travelling well out of Perth, so they're coming all the way over to Sydney, but they haven't done it for a while. So you don't actually – you really don't know how it's going to go. A lot of it will probably come down to the duel between Josh Kennedy and Phil Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, and Phil's been in, in ripping form this year. And it's great to just see him out there for someone who's – such a young player, but he's had so many injuries and so many setbacks. But when he's out there, he's such an invaluable part of the giant side. Absolutely. Now, Alison, what's it like at GWS headquarters at the moment with the team being on the verge of playing finals for the first time? I'm excited. Yeah. You all must yeah. be very excited is, as well. It is excitement. And I think it's also the unknown. Mm. Um, you know, we, we don't know what it's like to be in a finals. And that's not just the players, that's also the staff. So that's you know, what media content are we going to be driving and when are we going to have access to the players and, you know, is it are we going to have a home final, in which case, you know, our match day staff are going to be working and our membership, a lot of it's about communicating to members mm-hmm. about how they buy tickets and all that kind of stuff. So we've had a, a lot of planning meetings, so we are prepared. But it is, it's just, it's a different feeling around it. I know this time last year, everyone's just kind of hanging for the season to end kind of as soon as you know that you know, you're not going to be in the final series. There's still stuff to play for and mm. it's great to see some of the younger players get an opportunity and that kind of thing, but it, it's a completely different feel this year. That's very exciting and I keep saying to people that the Giants are building a, a little hub out there <laughs> so we'll have our women's team next yeah. year and a netball team as yeah. well. It's very exciting times. Yeah, it's great. So you obviously announced the new National Women's League for 2017, so the Giants are one of eight clubs mm-hmm. to be part of that and, again, that's going through a planning process. So um, we've got a coach and we've got two marquee players, but over the next couple of months we'll really build that list of 25. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll figure out what their training schedule looks like when it starts. So the competition will run early next year, just prior to the AFL season, but exactly how that works and where we're going to play our games and that kind of stuff. We're still going through that process. So it is, it's really, it's, it is, it's just an exciting time. Absolutely. Now, Alison, while it's all business when it comes to the field, I've seen that the Giants have been having a lot of fun off the field this <laughs> week. Some <Yes>. interesting <laughs> dress-ups when the Giants decided to come to training dressed up as their favourite Olympic athletes. How did that go? Yeah, so we got a heads up that they were going to um, dress in Rio-inspired gear for a gym <laughs> session. And, you know, they've done old footy jumpers mm-hmm. and you know, they're, they're not afraid of a jet a dress up, but this was, you walk down and I don't think anyone expected to see Heath Shaw in a shiny leotard and a blonde wig, uh, when he was, while, while he was actually doing gymnastics. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So he dressed up as Nadia Comaneci, yes. who actually retweeted it, which was great. <laughs> so she's obviously seen Heath Shaw dress up 
as her, which is great. Um, That's one word yeah, for it. <laughs> we, had, we had Callan Ward dressed as a beach volleyballer. Yes, I did see that um, one. As, as you do. Um, a couple of our younger guys, Jack Steele and Matt Kennedy, who is playing this week, well, went as synchronised divers. They really like to get their legs out, which I'm not sure is a great thing for, <laughs> for those of us who have to walk around the place. But it did get quite a lot of traction on Twitter. Um, which is all, all you want. So they, yeah, had a bit of fun, but they were still doing, literally doing their weights. Yeah, in absolutely. Those costumes, I saw them so, doing weights yeah, in the costumes. Yeah, they're still working hard. They just look ridiculous while they do it. So it's business and pleasure being mixed. Yeah. And I think it's important. It's especially important for our young group. They need to, you know, you can't just be serious all the time. And these guys have such a great bond between them. And, you know, they are really, really close friends. So if you can lighten up a gym session that you're going to do anyway, with Why a bit not? of fun, then absolutely go for it. Why not? Uh, Alison, what's your prediction for the game this afternoon? You can oh, be as biased yeah. as you like. Yeah, I often don't have time to actually think about what's going to happen <laughs> on field. I'm so busy writing or interviewing or, mm-hmm. you know, thinking about the lead up to the game. You actually don't – the siren starts and you go, oh, we're actually – We're actually playing football. We're here. playing, yeah. Um, I'd like to think that the Giants can more than take it up to the Eagles this afternoon. I think we've obviously – um, improved significantly this year and it's so tight in that top eight that we just need to keep winning because you want a top two or a top four finish mm-hmm. and get that double chance. You don't want to, you know, it's still going to be fine and you can still, especially with such tight competition, you can still do some damage, but it's just about winning. So I'd like to see the Giants by probably 20. Great. I, I really like that. Great. Yeah, Giants so, by 20 this afternoon. Yeah, let's Good. do that. Let's do that. And Alison, what time should people get to the game today? So 4.35 the game kicks off, but we've also got a pre-match lap of honour mm-hmm. um, by some of our junior youth girls club. So that'll be at 4.15. So make sure you get there early. We've got, um, we're sort of celebrating that we've got our women's licence at today's game. So we'll have Emma and Renee, our marquee players. They'll welcome you at the gate, not in person because they're from Perth, but We've got a video as they come in. You've got the lap of honour. Um, I'll be on field at quarter time interviewing Tim Schmidt, who's our new coach. Um, so there's heaps of really exciting things going on. It's also our second last game of the season. So, um, yeah, come on down. Come on down. Let's get a big crowd to Spotless Stadium this afternoon. I'm planning on heading out myself. It should be a lot of fun and it's looking like a beautiful day. Yeah, definitely. Um, Spotless Stadium in the sun in the it's afternoon the is one of the best places to be. You can't beat it. So I'll see you all at Spotless this afternoon. Radio Hub is Australia's premier podcasting facility. With high-quality sound equipment and production services, Radio Hub is a one-stop shop for all your podcasting needs. So, if you're ready to jump into the exciting realm of podcasting, contact Radio Hub on 0402 870 900 or email info at radiohub.com.au. Things are beginning to get very real as we march towards the inaugural women's AFL competition next year with the eight clubs naming their marquee players. So we're lucky enough this morning to be joined by one of the Giants marquee players, Emma Swanson. So Emma is a midfielder and currently plays for East Fremantle in the WWAWFL and has won four club best and fairest awards. She's represented Melbourne for the past three years in women's exhibition games and is a four-time state representative at senior and youth girls level. Emma, you're a superstar. Good morning. Morning. How are you going? Very well, thank you. How are you going? Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. No worries. Now, first of all, a big welcome to the Giants. We're so excited to have you as one of our marquee players. I'm a Giants fan and can't wait for the competition to kick off. 
Yeah, it's going to be so exciting and I think um, everyone is really, really excited, especially the 16 marquee players, but um, I think the excitement really lies now with the draft and, and meeting the rest of the team. Absolutely. Now, Emma, I'll take you back to the beginning. When did you start playing AFL? Um, I started, started. I played my first season as an 11-year-old with the boys in um, the under-12s team, just a local comp, and um, at the end of the year they told me that I couldn't go on to play with the boys because I was getting too old. So that was sort of a, sort of a short-lived um, little taste of footy. And then from there, um, I went and played basketball for a few years. And it wasn't until I was about 16 when I found out there was a women's comp. So I joined back up at 16. And Emma, how did the decision to announce the women's competition in the AFL this year change your life? Did you think you'd be playing for the GWS Giants at any point in your career? No way. If you told me 12 months ago that women's footy would be here, let alone myself, um, yeah, there's no way that I would have thought that. But um, I think the announcement that that they changed it from 2020 to 2017, um, that only happened about 18 months ago. So the last 18 months has just been full on and you can see all these girls are just starting to um, be more professional, be more elite, and they're just taking their football to that next level, which is really great to see. Now, Emma, when we were at the announcement back at Giants HQ a couple of weeks ago, you had this great quote where you said it's not about just about 2017, but it's about 2027. And I guess a lot of your decision-making in terms of you and Renee coming across to the Giants was about growing the game nationally and, and being those role model for all those young kids that can now see that, that AFL football at the elite level is a pathway for them. Yeah, certainly. I think I, I, got, I, think I got that quote from um, Change the Game. They write... They write articles about female sport all the time and, and they said that and it just really stuck with me because this opportunity came up with the Giants and um, not to ill-speak of New South Wales and their female footy, they're developing really, really well but obviously Western Australia is a, a really, really well-developed state so um, we're coming from someone who's probably one of the strongest two states in, in the country and, and playing with some of the best girls in the country to um, then moving over to New South Wales where me and Renee will be sort of um, setting the standard there. So um, I think it's it's important to remember that we're not just doing this for a premiership in 2017 and as much as like I'm the most competitive person you'll meet and I want to win, but um, I think it's as much about just sort of creating a sustainable competition for the next generation. Emma, I know you're currently playing finals at the moment. What are sort of next steps? When can we expect you in Sydney? Yeah, so our finals start tomorrow. We play in a um, in a first semi final, and from there, hopefully, there's a prelim and a grand final to come after that. So that's about three weeks. Mm-hmm. And um, me and Renee sat down and we said that we probably don't really want to um, move our whole life over somewhere where we don't know anyone and just start footy back again. So um, we've taken sort of about a month and a half off work, and we're going to um, head over to Vietnam and have a bit of a holiday and come back and spend some time with our parents and then um, we'll come over on about the 10th of October. Sounds fantastic. And Emma, which Giants players are you most excited about meeting when you arrive? Oh, um, we've met a couple actually. We've met Cal and Phil and everyone, like, they all seem really, really nice and really welcoming. Um, probably one that I haven't had a chat to, Stevie J. And um, I've always been a big fan of his, so right from the Geelong days. So probably, um, probably looking forward to meeting Stevie J. And what, I guess, 
What was it about the Giants that made you want to come over? I mean, you you obviously spoke about setting the standard and being that top level, but it's a massive move for the both of you to come to Sydney um, and you'll be on a 12-month contract as marquee players, but you're picking up your lives and you're coming to Sydney and you need to find employment and a place to live and all of those kind of things. So what was it about the Giants that really convinced you that, that that's something that you wanted to do? Yeah, probably the, f- the first and foremost is probably just the fact that it was a huge opportunity for both of us yeah. um, to move and, and no one can say it. And I think I said in that press conference, no one, no female footballer at the moment can say that they've moved state to play AFL. So we're going to be the first people um, in the inaugural year to move state and be marquee players. So that in itself was a massive opportunity. And then the opportunity to be coached and play with different girls over in WA, um, they've obviously named Michelle Cowan as Freo coach, which is fantastic. She's a great coach, great person. Um, but both of us have been coached by us for the last five years. Yeah. So um, probably to move over and, and be coached, and we didn't know Tim was a coach at the time, but um, it didn't matter who they appointed, we could almost guarantee we'd never been coached by them. So um, to just have a, a fresh set of eyes and, and learn a fresh set of skills and um, just enjoy the opportunity, I guess. Emma, not only do you play AFL, but you also work as a development officer. Since the announcement of the women's competition, have you seen any changes in participation? Um, Not so much yet. I I said this a couple of weeks ago. We had a bit of a staff meeting and I said, we've got all boys working as development officers and then there's two girls. And Mm. um, like my passion lies with female footy and, and boys are really great. They'll always... Um, put a bit of effort into their junior comps and, and developing the girls, but probably not quite as much as what me and the other female development officer does. But um, I said to them the other day that after next the AFL competition next year is just run at the perfect time because it's a it's a March or February, March, April comp and it'll lead in perfectly into our junior seasons over here. So um, I think next year it'll increase and then probably just keep on going from there probably for about the next four or five years, I'd say. That sounds really exciting, Emma. Before we let you go, final question is, what's been your favourite moment in women's sport so far this year? Oh, it's been a great year for female sport. Hasn't it? Ever. I love this question. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I want to say um, the Southern Stars when they won the Ashes and then I want to say the Seven Girls just a couple of days ago in Rio. Um I'd say like, there's just been so many, but if I, st- if I stuck to AFL and I stuck to the passion, when they named the um, the eight teams who won the licence, that was pretty pretty special and I was driving to work and I just live-streamed it through my phone and I, I got a bit teary and got mm-hmm. goosebumps and it's just so many um, dreams coming true for so many girls. So I'd probably, probably have to stick with that one. Well, thank you very much, Emma. I can't wait to meet you when you get to Sydney and I can't wait to see you in that orange jersey. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Bye. And Alison, there's also exciting news coming out of the Giants this week. Can you tell us quickly about the memberships that have gone on sale this week? Yeah, so this week, so on Thursday, we launched our foundation membership for the National Women's League. And it's a really important membership. You know, you don't necessarily, you're not going to go and see a game right now. But being a foundation member is such an important status. And we're in a really unique position where you can be a foundation member of our men's team. And there's still 3,500 foundation members of our men's team, as well as a foundation member of our women's team and even if you 
missed out on being a foundation member of our men's team. You can be one of our women's team. And it's also, it's been a really interesting element is the Swans don't have a women's team. So we've had a lot of interest from Swans fans who definitely don't want to support the Giants men's team, but they really do want to get behind the female team that's going to be in New South Wales and the ACT. So it's a really important step. It's a really exciting step. And it's only $60 to join up as a foundation member. You'll have that status for life and you get some great benefits. You get a great pack. You get a meet and greet with Emma and Renee who are fantastic girls um, and all of these great things. So head to membership.gwsgiants.com.au to sign up today. I will definitely be doing that. Not today, but definitely within the next two weeks. I yeah. can't wait for the new competition. Yeah, it's really exciting. Time for my favourite segment, it's Mary's Mix-Up. The first thing I wanted to mention this week was American cyclist Mara Abbott, who was leading the women's road race with 100 metres to go at Copacabana Beach. She was actually overtaken in the final 150 metres by three cyclists, so she not only lost her chance at gold, but any shot at a medal altogether. So Abbott had taken the lead and was 40 seconds ahead after previous leader of the race had suffered a horrible crash. Mara showed tremendous sportsmanship after a really big, disappointing race, and she tweeted to the woman that had crashed, Not everyone saw as much of how beautifully you rode yesterday as I did. My healing thoughts are with you, body and heart. And while we're on the Olympics, I just wanted to share some of my favourite quotes that have come out this week. The first comes from Australian Rugby Sevens coach Tim Walsh. Now, he said in relation to his women's team, just because they're touch players and they wear ribbons and pigtails and sing songs does not mean they're not world-class rugby players and ruthless in defence, and they proved that to everybody. And the final one that I wanted to share was from Melissa Hoskins, who um, had a massive crash on Thursday. I'm staying positive. After four years of hard work, you don't want to give up when you are this close. And Melissa's really captured the hearts of the nation in how brave she's been following that crash. So keep an eye on the women's cycling. I also wanted to share some love about our good guys in the NRL. Big love to Trent Merrin this week, who was asked by a fan for a, for a football. Uh, so this fan is a mad Penrith Panthers fan and is a special needs adult who lost his mum recently. So Merrin didn't have a footy in his arms at that moment, but instead went into the sheds, took off his jersey and brought it out for the fans. So well done, Trent. And then good guy of the podcast and one of our favourites, Blake Austin. So last week, a group of junior league players dropped into Raiders HQ in hope of seeing the team train. Uh, they went on an off day when the team wasn't training. So Austin and some of the members of the team decided to go see the kids. Blake asked what time their game was on and where they played. Austin ended up going to the game, sat on the bench and provided the pre-game and halftime talk. Rugby League, you're the best. That's another show done and dusted. I really need to get out of the studio because the Matildas are playing at 11am this morning and I can't wait to tune in and watch them play Brazil. Alison, thank you so much for coming in this morning. It's been a lot of fun having you. No worries at all. Thank you for having me. No, that's okay. And I love the Giants. So it's been really good to be <laughs> able to have the opportunity to chat about them a bit more. So hopefully they get the win this afternoon as we march towards the finals. Yeah, it's an exciting time of year and, and no better time to be on board. Absolutely. Now, everyone, you know that we've got our... Uh, iTunes review competition happening at the moment. So we're looking to get to 50 iTunes reviews. We are now up to 48, which is not 50. <laughs> so if you're listening and love the show, if you could jump on iTunes and leave us a review, when we hit 50, I'll give away some Ladies Who League merchandise. 
I hope you all have a wonderful week. Enjoy the Olympics. Enjoy the NRL. Enjoy the Giants this afternoon. Have a great weekend. You've been listening to Mary Kay from Ladies Who Lead. Yeah.